geez, we are in the thick of it. It is summertime, the first week of July. I hope you all enjoyed your Independence Day weekend. If you didn't get a chance, you probably missed it. I know what you did last summer. Part one and two was free the entire weekend as bonus episodes on my Patreon page. So if you didn't get a chance to listen, just remember if you join the page for under the ludicrous speed or faster, you will be able to gain access to those two holiday bonus episodes featuring the cinema guys and my close friend Susie as we review the double feature of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Today... Ryan L. Terry joins me once again to review another camp film. Ryan, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me back, Rob. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here. And uh, I've got a, a, another fun one to talk about. And it kind of, you know, it's in the same vein, really, as uh, uh, our last one, Band Camp, you know, albeit definitely not geared towards as um as mature an audience but yeah certainly <laughs> fits a lot of the a lot of the same tone so uh it's uh it'll, it's uh it's it's cute so i'm looking forward to talking about it exactly exactly uh remember this is a summer camp movie and other tour Basically, just reviewing films that take place at summer camp or other activities and locations involving the summer. This is in collaboration with the Radical Retro Rewind podcast, who is reviewing the entire Jason Voorhees chronicle from part one all the way to the remake in 2009. So definitely check out that podcast, a new episode every Friday. So today... We're doing a film about a camp that honestly can't make up its mind. And I think this is sort of a safe haven for anyone who doesn't like camp in a specific way. We are taking a trip to Camp Nowhere. If anybody remembers this small gem, this was back in 1994. The sort of Disney-esque film as as we introduce new and recurring 90s child actors as we will talk about through this episode uh this is the camp of films miracle spa the location aka this is the golden oak ranch that was filmed in new hall california which is also where the mickey mouse club summer camp uh series uh the adventure of spin and marty was filmed if anybody remembers the adventures of spin and marty it's a pg an hour and 36 runtime and released august 26 1994 here is a trailer he's smart dennis wozniak binary pines computer camp he's tough Dad was right, Major Savage. I am scum. He's slim. Diets don't work. Chocolate cake works. He's weird. <laughs> He's a camp counselor who's about to give these kids the greatest summer vacation any kid ever had. He's my role model. Let's sweat! It's brilliant. It's deranged. 
It's funny. Breaks the New York Times. Dennis, what happened? Complimentary hot wax. Get ready for sheer high spirits, says the L.A. Daily News. Don't worry, Mom. Wait! We, we won't be playing, playing with Caps Sparklers. And New York Newsday calls it tailor-made for Christopher Lloyd's campy comedy style. Thank you very much. It's the wildest, wackiest, most outrageous comedy of the year. Let the games begin! Camp Nowhere. Way cool. So this film was directed by Jonathan Prince. Writers include Andrew Crutchman. Kirksman, excuse me, and Elliot Wald, and stars Jonathan Jackson in his debut, Christopher Lloyd, John Putch, and a lot of child actors that you would remember. Uh, Ryan, is this a first watch for you? It is. Uh, funny story, when you you mentioned Camp Nowhere uh, back uh, early, uh, you know, late winter, early spring, whatever it was, I um I like oh that sounds like a horror film and so like so I will so I will do that one I never heard of it before and so I uh, when I when I pulled it up on Amazon Prime I'm like oh that's a rather cheerful cover for uh for a, a horror movie um I'm like okay well it is PG so whatever those like maybe like you know, like goosebumps or are you afraid of the darkish or something and I'm like oh it's another comedy so here's a uh, rob uh, forcing me to uh spread my wings and stretch beyond uh, my uh, little horror niche that i uh, spend most of my time but that also makes it fun because it is not a movie that i would have sought out otherwise um while watching it there's parts of it that are vaguely familiar. So this very well could have been something that I did watch in 94, 95. And I just, you know, don't remember much about it. Um, but I, uh, but it's, uh, you know, like being forced to try new things. So, uh, so, uh, so there you go. That's my little, uh, my little funny anecdote. And, um, and explaining why this is a, uh, first watch for me. <laughs> You know, I thought when you picked this that you had at least an idea of what the movie was. And you were like, eh, I'll revisit that. <laughs> I will say, though, Camp Nowhere definitely sounds like a horror movie title. It really does. I, I, I never thought about it until you just brought it up. And it is completely like it makes complete sense that you would immediately think, Oh, this is probably a horror film, especially because you know me and my taste. Yes. So I can definitely understand that. So there's always the topic of how comedy and family films can be turned into horror films. If you look at it a certain way and to tell you the truth, I mean, these kids definitely could have easily went to Lord of the flies with this, mm -hmm. a group of junior high kids, don't want to go to summer camp chosen by their parents. They make their own adult free camp and hire an ex-drama teacher to help. All right, so my memory with this is that it wasn't a film that I returned to many times, but I remember as a kid, I did watch it more than once. I mean, even hearing the specific theme 
song to the movie where there's only like one lyric in the in the film and I mean in the song and it's nowhere and I remember that song vividly the minute it played I was like god I remember this song so much and so a lot of memories started to come back and I remember having a good time there were clearly a lot of recognizable child actors that I grew up with on TV so I was like yes I'm gonna watch this but you know what watching it as an adult right now the I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if we just ended up talking about how brilliant and talented Christopher Lloyd is <laughs> as an actor. Like this movie just featured so much of him that I feel like some of his other roles are just they are just misusing him or not using him enough because this man is so versatile, I think. And I, I just really, really enjoyed his performance in this movie. So quick hot take, Ryan. What did you think of Camp Nowhere? Did you go in blind also, or did you read about the movie? I didn't read up anything. I, I did pull That's up awesome. Uh, I did pull up Wikipedia while I was watching it. Um because uh just some of the I wanted to take note of some of the uh the actors. Um the the actors I took note of though. Um, not the Jessica Albas. Uh, the ones I took note of were our uh, famous Star Trek actors, and so uh, mm -hmm. so we certainly have. We have two iterations of Star Trek represented in Camp Nowhere. Two of the the you know, the best iterations of Star Trek, in my opinion. Uh, no, I I went in completely blind, and I enjoyed myself. Am I going to rewatch it? No. Am I going to recommend it to people? I'm sorry, Rob. Probably not. However. I didn't make the movie. It's quite <laughs> alright if you don't like it. However, I don't dislike it. It's just very much out of my wheelhouse. Uh, but I did enjoy it. It was fun. Uh, it's, per it's a great movie to just put on during Memorial Day or Fourth of July or like just some... Like if you've got a party going on and you are interested in putting something on in the background, like if you've got you know kids around. I mean, when Fourth of July comes around, it is I know what you did last summer, Jaws and others. Um, but if you're at a party in which you've got kids, you 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 could you could put it on and it, it and it's fun. It's it's one that if you got real young kids, you can sit down and watch it with them. Can't say that about band camp. That would be an uncomfortable watch. <laughs> uh, this is one that you that you could sit down with your kids and enjoy. And my favorite part about it, other than seeing uh, Commander Riker and Captain Catherine Janeway, uh, uh, was the the brilliant and you know very much uh, under you know uh, the uh, understated performance of Christopher Lloyd in this film. Uh, recently, I got to enjoy uh christopher lloyd and his uh no holds barred balls to the wall like action you know sequences in nobody so much fun seeing him with just machine guns and just going all like liam neeson badass rambo oh, nice. whatever and so just like just getting to see him uh, and that and i liked nobody but my favorite part about nobody was seeing christopher lloyd in a role unlike we typically see him and uh, yeah no i get that and even though camp nowhere is it's kind of you know in the vein of christopher lloyd comedies i think you know, this movie 
gives him so much more than a lot of the other comedies, even more than Back to the Future. Don't get me wrong. Love Back to, yeah. love Back to the yeah. Future. But this gave him a wider breadth of characters to play because he gets to play different characters within the film and they're all distinctly different and he sells you on all of them. And it's just a, a testament to, you know, just the timeless talent of Christopher Lloyd, who thankfully is still with us. And I you know, just uh, love, you know, seeing him. And that, that was my favorite part. And if you're a Christopher Lloyd fan, I like Christopher Lloyd. I wouldn't characterize myself as like super fan because I, I don't want to be, um, you know, disingenuous. I do like him. But for those that are like super fan Christopher Lloyd, I would recommend this movie because it, exactly. it gives, it's a great portrait of the, the range that he can bring to the screen. I know. I totally agree. And you know what? I was imagining if Robin Williams had done this role and it seemed to me that Lloyd was just like, all right, Robin, your move because he really went all out for this. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a good point there. Um, I don't, uh, since I didn't look up anything on the movie, I can't tell you if this was like, if, uh, uh, the late Robin Williams was first approached by it and then it got passed on to Christopher Lloyd, as we all know, it happens to movies all the time. Um, but this yes. would have come on the heels of Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire was 93, came out in 93, this came out in 94. So I I wouldn't surprise me if the filmings were just, you know, one right after the other, maybe even overlapping a little, who knows? And, you know, maybe that's the reason why. Because it does, as well as as great of a job as Christopher Lee does, it is one that, uh, after you mentioned Robin Williams, I thought, you know, was this written for Robin Williams? And I, I think it, it could have been. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe listeners maybe listeners know, or I'm sure you've, you've looked up some trivia on that. I think we would have had, it would have been a little different, but I th still think it would have been great. We would have just had... Uh, a bit more of the probably slapstick comedy uh, than um, than we than we got in um, you know, in you know Christopher Lloyd in the role, uh, but it's one that I I, I could very easily see uh, Robin Williams play. So the idea for this camp and and you know I've been recording you know quite a bit of camp movies nowadays, so I just want to kind of highlight the idea for this particular camp is a place where you basically don't have a significant theme to which camp you're going to. I mean, t technically, it's like another school when you go to a specific camp. It's either to enhance your talents or focus on the interests that you have. But in this universe, we are to assume that every single parent sends their kids to camp. I love the fact that there were just so many kids in the same proximity of each other who are like, which camp are you going to? That's what you do in the summer. You <laughs> go to camp. <laughs> but also, it's the very like like perf like pitch perfect idea of matching a parent to a camp. You know, it, like every stereotype is used, and then that person is like assigned to a camp. It's it's the smart geeky one who goes to computer camp, and it's the macho masculine military father who wants their son to go to military camp. It just goes on and on. And so they are just like, let's just go to one place where we don't have to do any of that. And I got a very sense, a sense of like liberation 
and just a celebration of just being a kid in general. I mean, if you look at the cover of this film, it looks very Animal House. So it, it, it's clearly a film that's highlighting that just being a kid is just literally all what kids want to do at the end of the day. They just want to just have fun and just do whatever and just cause shenanigans, right? Yeah, it's uh, very much a kind of prime of uh, childhood life. It's that it's that, that liminal moment uh, between middle and high school in which you know you're like you're old enough to kind of you know to think like you know a teenager you're old enough to uh to start you know feeling those um romantic attractions or feeling you know your you know talents going in one direction or another it's certainly a a moment of vast discovery and that's what we have here in Camp Nowhere are, are these kids who are, you know, discovering just so much about themselves and, you know, kind of our, our, our key word, you know, that we, that we have towards the beginning of the movie, potential. And so they're uh, discovering their, their <laughs> potential and they end up succeeding at that which they were trying to avoid. Um, you know, for instance, and I, I forgive me, I, I forget the the young girl's name with the the short brown hair who plays our you know s- sort of love interest uh, to uh, to our uh, to our lead mud, and um, and like she you know somebody who's certainly not overweight, but whatever. But mom says she is, and and then mom you know shows up at the end. She's like, oh, you got skinny, and and it was, and then she instead of eating all the junk food, she was cooking with like fruits and vegetables and healthy protein and, and 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 so it was like the stuff that she was wanting to avoid she she wound up coming around to it but she came back around to it on her own terms because obviously it's important to make you know healthy eating choices i now don't get me wrong i love a great steak so uh, but it is very important to have good you know healthy eating choices and she comes around to it even and she didn't have to go to you know the you know special camp and I and I like that, and we have that with like uh, the the other kids too. Even our military kid, like he, you know, they came around to the idea, and I think he really appreciated it and uh, and learned something. And we we have uh, just a lot of growth. There, it's like they wound up where the parents wanted them to. They just went about it in their you know their own direction. It it's funny. Any time that you leave kids to their own devices, they're going to easily understand where parents come from in some shape or form, and that's a sense of responsibility, and the fact that you know kids who always have that protective blanket of if I get hurt or if I get in trouble, I will always have a parent behind me. Well, in this case, they were all alone. They were adult free, and so if they wanted to do it right and have their plan work, they had to quote unquote become adults and be responsible with what they're doing. There was a scene in the movie where it was sort of their first night and they're really enjoying their freedom. So, so you would say, (laughs) and they decided to just like burn sort of a, a totem that represented the camp that they were avoiding, whether it was notes from a play or cello or, you know, something to represent, like, I don't have to do this. And it just, I don't know, there was something about this thing that I really liked, because it seemed very tribal, but it was also just kind of like, 
being able to kind of shed free of all the pressure of being a kid and also living up to your parents potential or you know what they expect you to be Uh, i thought that was pretty cool it's sort of a like a moment of liberation uh there is there around the fire and i love how they're they're throwing in the very things that they do come around to but at the time it feels like they feel like obligations or these are expectations that are placed upon me that you know i'm not sure if this is what i'm really interested in and it, it was fun so you saw them uh, you know behaving like you know li- like little adults and this um uh what very well could have been a uh, lord of the flies scenario and and that ju- that sets up you know so much of what happens in the rest of the movie uh, but it was fun. It uh, it it kind of reminds me of many of those uh, you know, movies that we got that were uh, you know, kind of like that. Uh, uh, another one it made me think of was um, was it House Arrest, in which the the kids lock their yes. their parents in the basement and then they're they're up uh, you know, drinking and carousing and like this is the prime of our life and like in there and but they they do a lot of growing up during that time as well. And I, I feel yeah. there was a lot of that going on in the nineties. And, and we see that, uh, you know, depicted here, uh, you know, uh, it's a, it's a quintessential depiction of kind of growing up at that age in the mid nineties. One of the kids who was a part of that house arrest gang is actually in this movie as well. Those were his only two roles. Yeah. I don't know if you can remember specifically. He's kind of in the background, but there's a a full on camera shot of him just saying, you know, like, what's the worst that can happen? We'll be fine. And then he gives a smile. And, you know, when they're like, don't use all your money. And there's like, what's the worst we can do? And then he just gives this smirk. And yeah, his only other role besides Camp Nowhere was House Arrest. And yeah, so it, I, I always think of House Arrest when I, when I think about this movie. Um, the other thing was, you know, how 90s it was and just the recruitment of these VHSs when they're playing them for parents all the time. <laughs> and I've seen this in some other movies as I'm recording all these summer camp films, but it's just that recruitment part of it. You know, it's not as easy to just look online and just be like, oh, I want to go to this camp. Like, you got to go door to door and, like, present them with this presentation and you recruit. And it's so crazy. But another thing that I notice is in the beginning, we see the relationship between Mud, uh, who is supposedly the geeky character, who has, like, the most beautiful 90s hair ever. And yet he gets no girls what's what he thinks he's a geek like yeah i i i got i got we got we got pause right there rob okay i'm you uh, know i you know know, i am a geek i have been a geek you know my entire i was a geek before it was popular is back when you got made fun of at school for being a geek i and in some ways i wish i had grown up you know 10 15 years later in which it was geek chic but geek was not chic and i think you and i are about the same age and so it was like when we're growing up you know it's not popular and so, um, so I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this kid again, beautiful hair. I wish I had that hair. I have to pay money for, for, for pills and scalp treatment just to keep the hair that I have. And so I, I wish, that, <laughs> I wish that I had just luscious hair like that. 
But he doesn't look like a geek at all. I remember no. what geeks are like. Uh, I mean, then by today's standards, then standards, it's in terms of the, the like in terms of what's depicted. This is visual storytelling after all. He is not a geek. It's like it's like he looks like he walked right off of the home improvement set. And so <laughs> I, I was like, what? It's a great example. And it's like, I don't I don't get it. You're actually wearing what would have then been, I guess, semi preppy clothes, glasses. You don't have a retainer. Not that you need those, but that's usually what we get, you know, characterization wise in movies. So you, you don't have, you know, these things. You're, you're not wearing a what would you been wearing then probably a uh uh you know i mean they could have been wearing a star wars t-shirt or um, i might have been wearing uh something from like a i don't mr wizard or like nova or i i don't know i'm just like like throwing stuff out there <laughs> like i'm just trying to think what would have been on this kid's shirt and there's just nothing about him as a geek i didn't know he, they had to tell me he was a geek if i was not listening yeah. to this movie i would have no idea that mud is a geek now his dad whoa that caterpillar on yes, top of and this I, lo- he looks like the guy from the the jimmy fallon sarah with no h because h's are ah and so he looks just like her dad from, from those yeah. sketches and so it's just so funny because you think it's being parodied and it's like oh no no this is this is this character is meant to be taken i guess you know so seriously anyway like his dad is clearly a 90s geek definitely he has this arrangement with sort of the school bully or known for being sort of a badass. And that's played by Andrew Keegan. And so they have this sort of relationship where I protect you from other bullies and you do my homework. And so they have to put on this facade that they are, you know, enemies and they're trading homework or not trading homework, but he's giving him uh, the homework that he did for him and the folder he pulls out. I had that exact folder for school. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Like I was seriously triggered and I'm like, wow, this is so nineties. It's so crazy how close (laughs) it is. But that's the kind of thing with this movie too, is that it, it is kind of very set on a a very small, um, like stereotype to where you are bam you're this or you are this and i think it's if you're not pulling women (laughs) and you're not kicking you know guys ass you know doing all the macho boy things jumping off cliffs and shit you're a geek that's it you know (laughs) what were some of the other things that sort of like stood out for you whether it was good or bad uh watching it as an adult just watching this kid's film i'm sure it did if it i don't know if it came off dated for you or was there anything that was still kind of surprisingly funny even though you're an adult watching this it was still funny i i don't know if i couldn't identify with that period in time if i would find it funny um i mean but that's a what if that there'll be no answer to because i i you know i did grow up you know during that time uh so so i don't know if it's you know that you know makes it um makes it fun to watch or not so i don't know if it was somebody who's you know you know 15 20 years younger than me who watches it you know are they also going to think that it's funny we have illustrations of various parent child relationships we have 
the, the the socialites who don't even remember their kids' names or what they or like which sport they like is it you know drama camp or horseback riding, and so we we have you know those parents that are just like you know cut the check, have a good day. Meanwhile, we're gonna go off to you know San Marcos or uh, you know Cabo or whatever. And so you've got you've got those parents, but then you have the more like uh, authoritarian parent, uh, the military family. Uh, you have the uh, you know the the easy the kind of the easygoing um, uh, you know geek family because they they seem you know for geeks they seem pretty chill. And then you've got um, like the mom who is probably you know traumatized from her years as a. Uh, as uh, a person who was not of typical body dimensions. And so she's putting that upon her daughter. Of course, I don't get that either. Just like our geek doesn't look like a geek. Uh, this girl, I, I don't, I don't know what mom's. She didn't have to lose. I don't, I don't know what mom's problem was. Like she looks. That she was weird. Great. I, I, that again, doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. But it's mom probably going through stuff i don't think we ever see her dad so maybe mom is a divorcee and so she just doesn't want you know her daughter to go through that kind of you know it's a little odd to be worrying about whether or not you're going to be a divorcee you know when the kid's 11 12 years old but hey you know whatever so i like the different illustrations of the parents and then we also have the you know, really a parent-child relationship that we can explore in uh, Christopher Lloyd uh, Wozniak. It starts with a W. I think it's Wozniak. And uh, so we have the parent-child relationship between him and Mud. And uh, we also have the, um, that, you know, kind of fun little romantic thing between, you know, our uh, doctor is like, uh, she may as well be like Dr. Quinn. It looks like she's the one-man like a medicine woman in the you know, out here in the rural country, you know, she sees uh, again the potential in Christopher Lee for all of his for all of his quirks. So I, I think that is where you could do some closer reading of the film is how it illustrates these various relationships. No, I hear you on that. I I, I found the movie to to be pretty fun to watch at least for a kids film i mean it definitely explored a lot of what kids like to do especially at that time you know it was all about the water guns and you know just basically just going around just doing whatever it is that they please did you have a and super soaker Rob? like they had fun i did okay i did too I, and it had to be super soaker it could not be whatever like you know whatever the the off exactly. was it could at one you'd get made fun of and no kid wants that two it just yeah. wasn't as good. Like it had to be the super soak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, watching that, it clearly made sense that kids at that age who are watching it would love all of the, you know, the hijinks that the kids are going through. The The film was definitely shot in a way to make it look like it was safe and fun. You know, they pretty much spent all of the money just on every big electronic <laughs> that they can think of. And, you know, that's what's so funny about this movie. The the big adult thing that I noticed was the how easy it was to scam everyone <laughs> out of their money. Yeah. Like Christopher Lloyd playing these recruiters and demanding cash as payment. Nobody looked up these camps. They were just like, look, my child just needs to go somewhere for the summer because I cannot deal. 
I'm done. And they just send them off and, and nobody checks it out. Nobody needs a recruiting to like it's. Oh, that was also the time in which your parents said, go out and play. Don't come back until dinner time and don't exactly. die. And so, that, yeah, that was I mean, that was that was my childhood. There was a I lived in a in a neighborhood that had uh, behind the houses across the street for me was a gigantic wooded you know property. It was. I mean, I'm a kid, you know, just like it was very thick woods. I don't know what it's like as an adult, but as a kid, it looked like very thick woods. And so that, that's what my parents would just say. They were like, OK, it's Saturday after you do watch your Saturday morning cartoons and you know, eat breakfast, you know, go away and, you know, don't come back home until later. <laughs> and so like parents don't do that anymore. <laughs> and I think they're missing out on something. I think it's important that kids go out there fall down, get scraped up, get dirty, make mistakes. But it's like you couldn't get away with that nowadays, uh, not with uh, the intranets, um, because it'd be way it'd be way too easy. So this the plot of this film can only exist, uh, you know, uh, at that time, you know, kind of like I know what you did last summer. Well, that doesn't work anymore. We all know what you did last summer. It's plastered all over your social media um and so uh so i like how it is a time capsule because this plot just doesn't exist it's, it's like romeo michelle there's no way you could get you, you know you you can't remake romeo michelle i mean I, I i take that back somebody is probably hearing this right now and they're and they're, and they're going to try if you're one of the if you're that person please stop just just stop do the world a favor and just don't stop with that thought right now but like you you, you can't get like you can't pull off the same thing and Romy and Michelle works, but it works in 97, 98, whenever it came out, because, you know, it's Facebook. We all know that that you didn't invent post-its, uh, but you could uh, but you get away with it then. And, and that's what we have here. It's a moment in time that you could defraud parents of thousands of dollars for bogus summer camps because they especially the the parents of the the girl the drama camp girl who can't remember her name or what she likes they're definitely not going to check up they're like oh okay we'll send her here this film also didn't really have any like big villains either you know this wasn't a film that had like sort of a huge obstacle to overcome whether i i guess basically just to get to to like complete the scam to get away with it right uh, the only one that would come close is classic actor uh, M. Emmett Walsh, who plays a sort of like bill collector <laughs> yeah. who is after Christopher Lloyd's character, um, Dennis um, Van Walker is his last name, actually. Um, so you were close. Yeah, definitely was a was a W. Um, but yeah, Dennis Van Walker. Apparently, Dennis owed car payments. A ton of them, $2,800 and $94. That is, uh, yeah. that is a shit ton of money that you all that car. I don't know what the equivalent is now, but I know that that is several thousand dollars by, uh, by, by today's. So I, I never really paid attention. I honestly thought that this guy was like a runaway criminal, to be honest with you. I don't remember the, uh, the drama teacher angle. I thought he was seriously wanted for something, or I, I don't know. But this man just went on a manhunt just to get that perfect record <laughs> of collecting every single client, and he was going to get those car payments for this yellow gremlin oh that <laughs> a car was he so made hideous. three payments on. <laughs> It was so bad. <laughs> Made three payments and then stopped, and that was 
the sort of obstacle. I'm pretty sure I would have only made three payments on that card too, and I would have. (laughs) 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 I think that's also something that's kind of cool about this movie is that because there was no like like signature villain or somebody like wanting to just destroy this camp you know there wasn't a rival camp or anything like that and what you see in other camp movies this was a film that just highlighted kids having a great time for a whole summer and just seeing what they can get into what i was actually really surprised of is how serious they got with concentrating on the love stories that we're developing in this movie. Cause I could have honestly done without that. There was a lot of pairing by the end of this movie. Oh yes. And <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's, it made sense, but it wasn't necessary. I didn't think they really needed any of that to say that they had like a start, middle and end, you know, to me, it was just being able to have a wonderful summer with your friends and then maybe sort of have an understanding between you and parents to get to know each other more and say, hey, you know, maybe I'm not into this like you are and I don't want to be like you. But they just turned it into this whole couple extravaganza where everybody was making out by the end of the movie. Oh, they were making it. It's just like, whoa, you're like, it's like, it was like some serious making out to the point that it was a little yeah. uncomfortable. I, like, I, I, I mean, these adults are sitting there watching all of their kids make out too. It, it was a little weird. I mean, I, if that had been my kid... I, I was like, uh, no, it, it's, we are, we are, you are not going to do that in front of me. I kind of remember that from the movies of this age, though. Like, that is just kind of what was like, oh, you know, uh, you're coming of age when you, you know, you find your uh, love interest. And in this movie's case, everything is extremely heteronormative. Uh, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before we get too far from the topic, uh, you mentioned the the lack of a character of opposition. You know, we kind of have one in the uh, in the debt collector. That uh, uh, I, I yeah. think had we had a stronger character of opposition, then the stakes would have been a little higher. Because the movie is, even though it was fun to watch, the movie is kind of missing some stakes. Like we don't really have anything life or death going on. We don't have. Uh, take um like the goonies for example we don't have the impending you know you know demolition of an entire neighborhood uh so we we there isn't you know like i think that's kind of what's missing and i think that could take it uh from the, the level it's at and bump it up some if the stakes were a little higher yeah i guess we can jump towards sort of this last act of the film before the big reveal comes in and i I gotta say if anybody watches this movie for any reason you know again past christopher lloyd is this last sort of like 15 to 20 minute scene of parents day oh that's the best part best part of the whole movie yeah it is it is downright the best and so much worth watching this uh scene alone it's so well shot it's well crafted like the idea of pulling this idea off, I think is brilliant. So part of the plan of enjoying your entire summer was the fact to, to convince your parents that you went to the said camp that was advertised to each parent. And so they were told to leave messages and write letters each week to make sure that they knew they were okay and just sort of check in, but to avoid parents day, because that is the day the parents kind of see sort of what happened while you were there. What, what did you learn and yada, yada. And so all the parents insisted 
I know there's no parents day, but we're going to go. And uh, they apparently had all the same address, <laughs> but yet never compared notes that this camp was being held at the exact same location. It's, it's hilarious. And the timing, like they were all like the, like a precision yes. timing in which every camp, was just like in like two hour intervals or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and this seemed like the kind of town where these parents all went to school together and would probably have known one another. <laughs> They're just like, just no checking, no comparing. But that's what that's what made it hilarious. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think just this scene alone, watching them pull this off was was really fun. And just some of the gadgets and ways that they were manipulating each parent to thinking that they were, you know, at that exact same camp. Like, they were all late. So they only had to pull off whatever yeah. the whatever, like the, 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 the piece de resistance or whatever. It's just like the main event. And so they yeah. were able to be like, oh, you mean we're three hours late? Yeah, sorry, but you can catch the end of like whatever it is. I mean, exactly. what a great idea because like there's no social media, there's no cell phones, like there's no nothing. So they have no way of knowing that you did not just run the rest of Annie and you are just here at the at the finale. I like like what what great what great thinking. I mean, not not like for the kids uh, within you know within this narrative i mean what a great idea to just like you know just only put together enough to show the very end of what you are working towards yeah exactly and you know the changing of the signs all of that i just think it fit perfect you know for military camp it was saigon and then for <laughs> drama camp it was miss saigon it, just, it was so good so good i mean it was just a well-executed scene and when they hoisted the flags i was reminded of nickelodeon's uh, salute your shorts and so i got i definitely yes, yes, was, was reminded a of, of a lot of, of salute your shorts in here i before we get into some of the star power that we saw in this movie i want to ask you out of all the camp recruiters that christopher lloyd portrayed did you have a favorite Ooh, i think you have to go with the with the military one because you like look like he was right out of like um like 90s colombia or or venezuela or or something and like, did you notice they gave him the scar yes. on his face? Like he gave himself a scar on his face. <laughs> and and so I think yeah, that no, was, was my favorite because it was just so intense. And he was like intimidating, you know, dad who was, you know, I don't I can't remember if we were told, you know, captain or a major in one of the in one of the branches. And so we've got and we've got dad feeling intimidated. He's like, oh, well, that's OK if you, know, you want him to go to, you know, like wimpy camp or softy camp or yeah. you know, I, whatever mm -hmm. he said. And, and of course, dad's, oh, no, no, my kid's not going to go to a wimpy military camp. And so I, I like how he was uh, was able to you know kind of get there, like underneath his skin a little bit. Um, so, and so I think that was my favorite for just how intense it was. Yeah, I would say that my favorite was I can't remember his name exactly. I think it was Mr. Slick or something, but it was the sort of fitness camp. Oh my gosh. Richard That's, Simmons like yeah. character. He just how jolly he was with his like high pitched voice and his like mannerisms. He just was like, Let's fit and it was just so 
over the top with that role. I loved his character. He was just so happy, but it was definite Richard Simmons yes. with the hair yes. and everything. It, it just fit so well. <laughs> Again, some of the uh, things that you can pull from this movie, if you are watching this from the for a first time, just seeing all of these familiar faces. Uh, one in particular, Ryan, that you should definitely know, Trish, who is the drama camp Broadway girl, the blonde one. If she grows up, maybe almost 10 years later, she is Chrissy from Charm Season 8. No way! Oh, that, that would be two I'm Charm I'm surprised you didn't bring her up. Because we have 90210, yes. so we got Shannon Doherty there, mm-hmm. and then we have, and then we have here, we yep. got two, uh, two Charm references. <laughs> Crazy. I'm surprised you didn't mention that earlier. Yes, that is totally Chrissy, just with different hair color. But if you blink, you'll miss her. She was also one of the jump rope little girls from Nightmare Five Dream Child. No way! I I have all I yes. have the the the, the Freddie box set. I'm gonna have to go back and and watch just for just for that. Oh, how cool! So yeah, when you find the scene, they actually feature her singing one of the lines before it cuts to another scene. I think it's when Alice dreams about Freddie for the first time. Um, I'm, I'm only speculating, but check that. And I'm like, I know that face. I know that girl. It is her. It is her. She was very familiar. I, I did not, I did not peg her as Chrissy, but I, I, there was, was something about her. It's like, I'm supposed to know you, but I don't know. (laughs) I don't know who you are. And I was, I was, I was, uh, I was, I was looking for charmed references. I'm like, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm reviewing this movie with Rob. It's like, I, it's like, I gotta find. And then the closest I got was, I mean, nine hundred two one zero. So then we also have uh, Peter Scaroli and Hillary Tuck. Now, Peter Scaroli was Mud's father, and then Hillary Tuck was the rumored skinny dipping redhead child <laughs> who was sort of an old soul. Yeah. Oh, that scene uh, at the very end, annoying the character. skinny dipping scene at the yeah. end was that was I, I for a minute i was a little uncomfortable i'm like what are we really uh oh you thought she was yeah for real. <laughs> I, I i i i for i just i did because we've got this whole like pairing off thing going on so i'm like oh, i don't again uh mildly inappropriate but then we get the the big reveal is sucker i'm still wearing my bathing suit and you don't have one and then it's like ah oh, i get it. It, it you know it is it is funny and tasteful but <laughs> but it uh, for a second, they're like, oh, I don't know. So these two actor and actress, uh, they starred in a television show together called Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the series. So she played Amy Zelinsky and he played the dad, Wayne. So I thought that was a nice connection. Uh, we did bring up Jessica Alba at the beginning of the review. This is her first film that she starred in, well, not starred in, but she was a part of. She doesn't necessarily have too much of a speaking role in this. You can hear her say like one or two sentences, but she's mostly in the background. And so, yeah, Jessica Alba appeared in this. But then also there's Allison Mack. Now, by name, she may not stand out, but she played our wonderful best friend to Clark Kent in the series Smallville. Oh, I watch Smallville. I watch Smallville. So she is the little blonde girl who gets homesick, and then Andrew Keegan's like, make a necklace for me, and we'll make something together. And she gets really happy <laughs> and comfortable. 
Um, and notice at the end of the movie, Zach is wearing that necklace yeah, he that is. she made for him. The other thing was uh, Heather Deloach. So if you don't know her by name, she played camper um, Eileen in the movie. And she is the B-girl in the Blind Melons 1992 musical video, No Rain. So do you remember there was this little girl sort of in a B costume and she was like dancing on stage no. uh, during this sort of rock video? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very iconic. Very iconic. Even if you look up these uh, this actress's name in IMDb, her profile pic is her in that B costume. Oh. Yeah, so she's kind of known for that. And uh, yeah, so it was kind of cool to see her. Also, Christopher Lloyd has a connection in here. So we have a sort of like ranger slash cop who is sort of on the trail of figuring out that this camp is up to no good (laughs) played by uh thomas wilson so if you remember him this gentleman played biff in the back to the future films which also starred christopher lloyd i i did i did recognize him and so it took me a minute again it was i'm supposed to know you and it was in one of the interactions uh, between uh, Christopher Lloyd uh, and and he that I it's like oh you're Biff and it, so it 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 took me a little while to catch on but I did which was which was such a great uh, great little connection there and uh, and then we we have yeah. uh, I mentioned earlier we have uh, Kate Mulgrew and Jonathan Frakes uh, both famous for. Uh, being they play in, parents, in Star yes. Trek, and so we have Cap- Captain Janeway and Commander Riker, and so so we got you know uh, we have like these up and coming you know child actors, but then we've got some like you know a listers from TV and cinema you know playing these parents, and I I like seeing them in those roles, uh, you know you know, a little more than bit parts perhaps, but it it was still really fun getting to see them out of their typical characters. And because this is a gay podcast, I just want to point out one or two gayish things that I caught in the film. The mother of our drama uh, camper, uh, play uh, Rachel Prescott, so she's the mom um, who's into Broadway. This is played by Kate Mulgrew, who plays Red on Orange is the New Black. Yes, she does. Then this is also something just really weird that I caught, and I watched it so many times just so I can figure out if I saw it right. So I'm watching this film on Amazon Prime, or I'm sorry, um, Disney Plus, and I have captions. And did you notice that throughout the film, there were these two kids who were doing nothing but making out with each other? Yeah, I uh, the the first time I noticed them was in the, uh, I think it was the rain scene. In which um, mm-hmm. I think it's mud is like running through, and then you see the two of them yes. uh, in the background. Yes. So that's one of the scenes for sure. That's the exact scene that I'm referencing. So he, you know, as he's running to get Dennis in the rain, and he passes them, and he goes, Hey, Warren, hey, Gail. And so Gail is actually the name of Jessica Alba's character, but that did not look like Jessica Alba. So I don't know what that was about. But in the captions, it says, hey, Warren, hey, Dale, D-A-L-E, oh. which could reference to gentlemen. And I was like, one of them was clearly a girl. Yeah. I, I just from my it, it just really looked like yeah. it. So I, I, I played it back three times and it said, hey, Warren, hey, Dale. 
So I was like, okay, we'll just say those are two <laughs> boys kissing in the woods. Wow. I wonder if <laughs> it was, you know, maybe, maybe the original idea was for that to, uh, to be, uh, two boy campers. And they meet, maybe by the time it was like, you know, they came to shoot the scene, somebody said, oh, no, you know, we, it's going to be another 20 years before we can do this. So, um, so, uh, so, you know, I mean, that could be, and just maybe they completely forgot to change, uh, what mud was supposed to say. Cause I, um, I, I want to go back and listen to it now. Seems like something that you, that would have been done in the nineties is, is having just that, that, just that, <laughs> that brief, that, that, that brief glimpse there. But no, that is, that's really interesting. I, I, I mean, I really, I think if, 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 you know, the caption is correct, I mean, I, that's what it may have been. They forgot to update what he said because that scene perhaps was supposed to originally be two boy campers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sure exactly how autocorrect works with, with the sound translation of the caption or if somebody <laughs> manually just messed up and didn't get it, who knows? But I was like, Hey, I'll take a warning Dale. <laughs> totally fine by me. Uh, so how would you, or I guess I, what, what rate would you have for this film? Camp nowhere. Ooh, out of 10, out of 10, out of 10, nineties shirts. It's a little better than average. I'll go six. I'll go, I'll give it, I'll okay. give it six. Uh, 90s especially our break dancer at the end doesn't get any more 90s outfits than that so i'll i'll give um <laughs> yeah. so we got i give it a six out of ten all right all right very good for me i going by my entertainment scale i it does lose points for recommendation it's a little difficult to find an audience today that i would hand this movie yeah you might not have been able to find me if you had told me what the movie was so thank you so that's why work in your favor that you didn't tell me what the movie yeah (laughs) i mean honestly it's not a bad movie but i think you really needed to be one of those kids to have watched it when it came out i think this movie serves more of a justice watching it in the 90s than today uh, there are some little gems in this, as we discussed in the, in the review, but I don't know if it's enough to fully go out and promote it, right? And then there's rewatchability. Now, I'm glad that this was free for, you know, on Disney Plus, in case anybody was Meanwhile, interested. Meanwhile, I'm out $4. currently available on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, to purchase this film, have it in your collection. I don't know. This isn't one that stands out to be sort of a cult classic. It is definitely a one of a kind film, at least for me, from what I've seen that involves kids. I I think the idea is really cool to just, you know, have a camp where you just kind of do whatever it is you want, no supervision, whatnot. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know if I would return to this movie and be like, oh, I just want to, I mean, for like I said, the parents day scene, I could easily watch that maybe on YouTube. But other than that, to rewatch it just for that scene, eh, I can go either way, you know, so I'm kind of down in the middle with a 2.5 90s shirts. Uh, I thought the acting was was fine. I I thought the writing they didn't, like you said, reach kind of a full potential. I, I wasn't bored. I was engaged the whole time. I paid attention the whole time and I wasn't distracted. You know, like I, I gave a shit about these kids. So uh, this film, however, may not have left a mark in 
heavy pop culture, but it did inspire a bar in Rhode Island of the same name. Uh, from my understanding, reading about this, it is a little themed to uh, the film, but it is literally called Camp Nowhere, and it's an American tradition restaurant that's in Rhode Island. Oh. You can look it up right now. I'm going to do that. North Providence, Rhode Island. Here it is. Camp Nowhere. What do you know? Oh, it looks very 90s. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Wow. How? Have, oh, those cocktails look pretty. They got some pretty cool looking cocktails there. Uh, so what I imagine is they probably have like a section to, uh, of the restaurant as drama camp, fag camp, computer camp. That's how I would see it. I don't know if they've changed it since opening, but um, yeah, what a nice idea. So it left a mark somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> well that is going to do it for our review of camp nowhere ryan thank you for taking a you know a dive into this unknown and and checking out this old school child's film hopefully you had uh somewhat of a good time watching it. i i i, I did i uh, i don't um it was it, it was a nice uh nice distraction from my normal fare Stay tuned for a small quarantine quickie that I have for you on Disney Plus's original film, Magic Camp, starring Adam Levine. And also, remember, next week we have another new episode. We are going to review a camp for kids that want to lose weight. We are venturing to heavyweights this will also feature drew from the real feels podcast so that is going to be next wednesday and remember this is in collaboration with the radical retro rewind podcast and this friday he will be continuing his jason Voorhees chronicles with friday the 13th part six jason lives so make sure to check out his podcast on friday and we have a new episode every week all the way to the end of august remember there are no such thing as a guilty pleasure film you fuck those haters and be proud of your taste in movies this is movie geek and proud Before this episode comes to a wrap, let me give you a quarantine quickie. Please wear your mask. So this is a film that I watched during quarantine in the last year. The movie that I'm going to bring up today to keep it in the theme is the 2020 film Magic Camp. This can be currently seen on Disney+. Plus. This is a PG film starring Adam Devine, Jeffrey Tambor, and Jillian Jacobs, directed by Mark Waters and written by Micah Fitzerman Blue. So with this movie, I was very interested because of the fact it's been a very long time since I seen a kids camp movie for a while. And just for a place for kids to be themselves and to mostly be weird is Magic Camp. And this movie does just that. Adam Devine plays a man named Andy at the urging of his former mentor and Magic Camp owner, Roy Preston, returns as a counselor to, to the camp of his youth, 
hoping to reignite his career. With a bit of magic and friendship, I found this movie to be very engaging. I think a kid's film is as good as those kid actors, and this movie had a lot of them, so they had a lot riding on these kids, and I think that each one of them hit their mark with the characters that they were meant to play. This movie does not hit every single joke that they tried. I think for an hour and 42 minutes, these nice bunch of misfits are enjoyable to watch. I definitely recommend this movie. If you have Disney+, Plus, definitely check it out. This is a film that I may not return to anytime soon, but again, that one watch was definitely fun, and if anybody asks, like I said, I would definitely recommend this, so definitely check it out. This gets a 3.5 out of 5.